Okay, let's get into it. Fair use. Was the late convicted sex offender and financier Jeffrey Epstein a useful idiot for the Israeli state? Former Israeli spy Ari Ben Menashe on the hidden links between a pedophile and a British prince. Welcome back on Wednesday. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu de facto back to the hilt by President Trump's deal of the century is set to push ahead with further illegal annexations of Palestine's occupied West Bank. But as Boris Johnson's Britain sells record amounts of arms to Israel, is there a royal connection? Former Israeli spy Ari Ben Menashe, who worked for Robert Maxwell, the late disgraced British tabloid Daily Mirror owner, joins me now via Skype from Montreal in Canada. Ari, thanks for coming on. I said uh, Israeli spy because Israel denies you are a spy, despite the U.S. jury uh, verdict that you acted for Israel. Tell me about being a spy and uh, why, when you uh, talk about geopolitics, you're not fearful, more fearful, of assassination. I live in Canada, and I will... I wrote a book. It's all out there. And I hope for the best. Of course, it's a book that came out some years ago. Now, Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Now, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, there are reports she's in Paris. You maintain that it was your employer, Robert Maxwell, owner of the Daily Mirror. You say that he was an Israeli agent, and uh, as was his daughter. He was not my employer. I would like to correct that. Okay. We worked together with him. And okay. uh, you say that his daughter, Ghislaine, also, though, worked for Israel, and it was Robert Maxwell who introduced Jeffrey Epstein to Ghislaine Maxwell way before the 1990s. Well, um, there's more to this, okay? Um, this has been, I've heard this around a little bit, little rumors here and there about this, vaguely familiar, but hey, I mean... The... Uh, U.S. has their assets, so won't be surprised when Israel has their assets and Israel pulling stunts like this, okay? But um, let's get into uh, the author of Dead Man Tells No Tales and how he's on a podcast and he's talking about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Dislane Maxwell. And the stuff here is very shocking. Let's get into that real quick. Fair use. Dylan Howard, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you. Why, first of all, do you think that this story has faded away, given all the elements that it has? What is it that you think has caused it to fade out of public consciousness right now? This was uh, 2020. This was during 2020 when it came out. But this information is uh, pretty relevant. I think it's it's the great paradox of this story. This is, in my view, one of the greatest espionage tales uh, that America has ever seen. I do believe it's now starting to gain momentum, um, in part because of the revelations of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. But I think also the mainstream media is starting to wake up to the reality that our government was deeply involved in uh, the cover-up of Jeffrey Epstein's crimes and the pursuit uh, of who was responsible for orchestrating that 
is going to be, in my opinion, a significant story of 2020. What we've been able to establish and what we know so far is that Jeffrey Epstein was not only a heinous individual who exploited the vulnerable and weak and underage women in a sex trafficking ring, but he was also an international asset for Israeli's Mossad, its spy intelligence operation. And this wasn't just about sexual peccadilloes of the rich and powerful. This was someone who was rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous. Bill Clinton. One second here. This story, this is, in my view, one of the greatest espionage tales uh, that America has ever seen. I do believe it's now starting to gain momentum, um, in part because of the revelations of it. One second. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, great. Sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Seeing dead men tell no tales. But I think also the mainstream media is starting to wake up to the reality that our government was deeply involved in uh, the cover-up of Jeffrey Epstein's crimes and the pursuit uh, of who was responsible for orchestrating that is going to be, in my opinion, a significant story of 2020. What we've been able to establish and what we know so far is that Jeffrey Epstein was not only a heinous individual who exploited the vulnerable and weak and underage women in a sex trafficking ring, but he was also an international asset for Israeli's Mossad, its spy intelligence operation. And this wasn't just about sexual peccadilloes of the rich and powerful. This was someone who was rubbing shoulders with the rich and famous. Bill Clinton, when his wife was a senator and secretary of state, Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, and many others, that found company in Jeffrey Epstein. And I'm not suggesting for one, one moment that these people were involved in nefarious sexual activities. But I can assure you one thing, hanging out with Bill Clinton is not to talk about the latest New York Knicks results or what's happening with the New York Yankees. The information that Jeffrey Epstein was collating for the benefit of Israel was on issues of international diplomacy, political policy for the United States, technology secrets, science secrets, and the likes. And Israel has long got a history of spying on United States soil for the benefit of that country. And now we, the people, need to ask the question, why was Jeffrey Epstein allowed to roam free and given sweetheart deals with no consequences when the US government could have prosecuted him for far more serious crimes even after he was released after that so-called sweetheart plea deal of the century.
How much of it was blackmail and how much of it was another aspect of espionage that that really has not yet emerged fully? I think it was a turn a blind eye scenario. The reality was that the highest levels of government knew that Jeffrey Epstein was intelligence. That I can assure you. Alex Acosta, Trump's former Labor secretary, who really is a patsy in all of this, was forced to stand down. Uh, from his position, alluded to that fact in a press conference. He was told hands off, uh, and to paraphrase, this is above your pay grade. The reality is this makes its way through the DC swamp to the very highest levels of government and intelligence organisations within the United States. That is a habitual pattern about Israel and the United States. In fact, former CIA whistleblowers have said there have been more than 125 cases of espionage when Israel has been caught red-handed spying on the United States, but there have been no consequences. Jeffrey Epstein was just another wheel in that cog. The difference being he was able to orchestrate and continue to abuse his position of being a protected asset on US soil to commit heinous and disgusting crimes whilst also circling himself around the likes of Prince Andrew and others and gathering compromising information on those individuals, which was used to the benefit uh, of Israel and others. Was there ever consideration from your reporting and your investigation, was there ever consideration on the part of Israel to cut him loose because of the heinous nature of what he was doing? Well, I think ultimately the decision to cut him loose comes down to his death. Why did he commit suicide? Now, I firmly believe that he was given the means and motives and opportunity to kill himself. I don't believe someone strangled him. But I believe that there was an operation put in place that took someone who was vulnerable, he tried to commit suicide two weeks earlier, and allowed him to take his own life. So I think that that comes down to the cut him loose scenario, that at that point, someone had broken ranks, had decided to charge him on a federal level, and he had the potential to blow the whistle. And boy, if he was going to blow that whistle, that whistle was loud because he had more than two to three decades of information. But I ask you this question. He was released in 2010. In 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Why did no one do anything during those periods of time? That remains the great unanswered question of the Jeffrey Epstein scandal. And that's the thing. He got too much information. And the thing is, is like, they wanted to, it's obvious that they wanted more famous people in their pocket. The more that are caught doing dirty, uh, sick, lewd activities, the more people they could blackmail and use to get what they want from them. 
They didn't care about those kids. Didn't care about them at all. Sad, sick world. All right. Okay. Let's get into this right here. Here we go. and FBI is hiding hard drives, videos and photographs belonging to Jeffrey Epstein and intelligence agencies documenting their abuse of children, according to an FBI source. Evidence is damning and implicates a number of extremely powerful world leaders. However, the mainstream media is covering up the real story in favour of misleading the masses with nothing burgers. Likes his girls young. Let's face it, that's not really news. We've known for years that the Clintons are guilty as sin. Deeply caused. Uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. That was presidential candidate Trump in 2015. And he was right. Bill Clinton, the man who famously likes them young, does have a lot of problems caused by Epstein's famous island. I was raped three times a day sometimes. And I was not the only girl on that island. There was a constant stream of girls being raped over and over and over again. And yes, Ghislaine must die in prison. Fair use. Because I've been in hell and back for the last 17 years. And 27 for me. I was 10 years old when Liz Stein was being trafficked. I was 10. That was Sarah Ransom, one of Jeffrey Epstein's child sex trafficking victims, who told a court that she made copies of tapes showing VIP elites raping and killing children and committing other heinous crimes. Sarah Ransom's deposition has revealed that Epstein made several tapes of some of his most powerful and wealthy friends. And due to their extremely sensitive nature, she made copies and stored them in secure locations all over the world. Ransom goes on to claim that the footage she saw will haunt me for the rest of my life and that the faces of the two men are clearly visible. She didn't identify those men in court, stating that she would be dead inside a week if she named the super VIP household names in court. However, secrets can't be kept forever. The truth always manages to find a way out. Reports from tech forums reveal that Sarah Ransom's videos have begun circulating on the dark web. According to reports, these videos feature VIP elites drinking children's blood and engaging in satanic ritual sacrifice. We've got more on that later, including video footage. I have to warn you, it's appalling. The global elites are sicker than you can possibly imagine. But first, an burgers related to Epstein to the public. It's important to note that the DC establishment are terrified of Epstein. How do we know? They've admitted it themselves. Here is John McCain's wife, Cindy, letting the cat out of the bag after the death of her husband. It hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing. But we had no one that was, no um, uh, legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him. For whatever reason, they were afraid of him. And thanks to Project Veritas, we know the mainstream media could have taken down Epstein and Clinton years before now. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. 
Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will say, oh, that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago saying, like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. The next important point in the Epstein rabbit hole is understanding that he was an intelligence asset. The mainstream media, themselves in bed with the intelligence agencies, will never admit this fact to the sheeple. But at this stage, it's an open secret. Here is Epstein's former colleague, Mossad agent Ari Ben Menashe, who says Epstein was brought into the game by Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell who was also working for the government agency. Well, Ehud Barak was um, at some point head of military intelligence in Israel. Um, and uh, he apparently was very friendly with Epstein. And uh, yeah, he probably would have known about it. The problem, Ari, with your accusations and allegations are that you're not providing any evidence that Israel was part of uh, running Jeffrey well, Epstein? Well, again, again, Maxwell was working for Israel. The Epstein was working for Maxwell at the time, and he was introduced to Maxwell's daughter, and they were introduced to Israeli intelligence. Epstein was visited by former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak many times. Many, many times. At least 36 times, according to the court documents. And the Israelis have a knack of locating priceless blackmail material on the world's most powerful people. How did Netanyahu have access to the Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky tapes? Because Jeffrey Epstein was a Mossad asset, collecting video evidence against politicians, and used those blackmail tapes to help Israel push through American policy that Israel wanted. Epstein blanketed his mansions with surveillance cameras in the corner of every single room. He had a secret control room in the basement of his Upper East Side mansion, where he could personally monitor every single camera. When federal agents busted open a safe belonging to Epstein in a 2019 raid, they found video and photographic evidence of the abuse of minors. The videos and photographs were meticulously labeled with the names of both the adult perpetrator and the child victim. Yet this evidence was not entered into evidence by the FBI and has since been lost according to authorities. It just means that they were part of, they were in on it. And there's thousands of kids that go missing every year in this country. They lost the plane of illegal migrants. Okay. Plane carrying kids, all of a sudden, U.S. government lost them. Maui fire. Okay. All of a sudden, those 2,000 kids, they're gone. Excuse me, they're gone. All right. 
they've been unaliving these kids. A lot of people think, oh, you're conspiracy. No, man, that's what they do. These chomo elites, this is what they do. They've been doing it for decades. And they're on the right and the left. People just think, oh, it's just the Democrats. No, you've got Republicans doing this too. But don't worry. Besides, they're 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 com- they're becoming more and more blatant, more apparent that both sides are the same. When it came to the Ukraine-Russian war, both sides, Democrat and Republican, were fun- were were investing in the companies that were for they were supplying the weapons for the for the war <clears throat> for Ukraine. And they were letting over Ukrainian officials, soldiers too, Azov Battalion, neo-Nazis. And what did the Nazis used to do as well? Just like Hitler, they were devil worshippers. You can look it up. Okay. They took the ashes of the of, of the Jews that they put in the oven in the ovens and used them for ritual sacrifice. These were men, women, and children. How convenient. And you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mossad is blackmailing a majority of politicians in the US government. If you're still not convinced that world leaders and politicians are pedophiles who are being blacklisted by the global elite to sell out their own people in favor of a global agenda, how about the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell's sister serves as a close advisor to Klaus Schwab at the WEF? Just another coincidence. And Klaus Schwab, what is he trying to do? He's trying to normalize chomo culture. He's trying to normalize chomo culture. Most of them are in the WEF. Okay? Listen to what Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee has to say about that. And too many of my colleagues, I'm afraid, are compromised uh, in this area for whatever reason. Somebody just whispered in their ear, said, hey, you don't want something to come out on something else. You better keep your mouth shut on this. And that's exactly what they've done. And, um, and it continues to go, whether it's the honeypot that the Russians used to use or something worse. I don't know. But but it's clearly you see that up and down the line. You see good conservatives vote for liberal policies. And frankly, you see some liberals occasionally that will vote for something else. So obviously the um, the Congress has been caught. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Compromised. And this continues on through the White House, through the Justice Department. It's a, the, the trash can is very deep. It's not a, it's not a, it, mm-hmm. hey, it, not a swamp, it's an open sewer. He's not wrong. The global elites are engaged in satanic blood rituals and they are obsessed with children, placentas and fetuses. Footage has emerged of Peter Nygaard, Canadian fashion mogul and friend of Jeffrey Epstein, haggling with young women for their period blood and placentas to use in satanic transhumanist ritual ceremonies. Stem cell technology that Peter and I are investing in is called SCNT, which takes the egg of a young, perfect woman specimen, takes the egg and takes out the nucleus and puts our DNA in the nucleus. They just want to take it out. And this is part of this genetic uh, greatness that we don't see in any other race on the planet. These curvy, sexy black women from Africa. You girls have a kind of a... 
no, these were these women are not like they don't look like women that with uh, PhDs and college grads, right? They're not disgusted. They're not walking out the room, just sitting there. And you know probably what type of girls they could be. Could be. Hey, I could be wrong. It's monopoly on this genetic perfection. And some of that. Oh, <laughs> this oh man, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. Uh so girls for a hundred dollars we will pay you for your egg. I know you yeah man i'm kind of disgusted when it comes to that i really am Ooh. wow let's talk about prince andrew now let's talk about him you think they're gonna prosecute him you really think they're gonna prosecute him Let's get into that. Fair use. Seems to suggest that uh, at this stage, at least, it doesn't find anything new that's worth assessing or investigating. Um, so it appears that, again, for the third time of asking, um, Scotland Yard has very little appetite uh, at the moment to investigate those allegations against Prince Andrew, which, of course, I guess will come as some relief to him. Um, Scotland Yard was first asked in 2015 when these allegations, principally from um, Virginia Giffray, uh, first arose. Uh, she claimed that... Um, she had been sexually assaulted by Prince Andrew in London in 2001 at the home of socialite uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, the release of new documents um, over the past couple of days seems to go a bit further. Um, and there are emails in the latest batch of documents um, from uh, Miss Giffray, emails with a journalist in which she claims to have been sex trafficked uh, for Prince Andrew. Um, and there is, of, of course, also the repeat of her original investigation. Now, the release of this document has prompted a group, Republic, an anti-monarchy group, to ask, urge Scotland Yard again to review its decisions uh, over the past few years um, not to launch an investigation. Um, Scotland Yard has said in a very brief statement, we are aware of the release of court documents in relation to Geoffrey Epstein, as with any matter, should new and relevant information be brought to our attention, we will assess it. No investigation has been launched. Um, in the past, Scotland Yard has admitted that it has had some liaising with uh, the FBI in America, but that was more about the broader allegations against Epstein um, over global sex trafficking. Um, but in 2015... And then again in 2021, Scotland Yard said that uh, it wouldn't be launching an investigation. That man assaulted two children in a Kiev restaurant. And you guys say you're not going to prosecute him. 
Wow. UK police refused to investigate Prince Andrew after release of Epstein documents. Metropolitan police are rejecting calls to launch an investigation into Prince Andrew following the release of the court documents relating to the late Chomo Jeffrey Epstein. Accusations against the Duke of York, including claims that he assaulted Virginia Gurphy when she was a teenager, were given a fresh airing in the unsealing of 1,200 pages by a U.S. court. Meanwhile, King Charles is reportedly preparing to withdraw private funding for the security operation at Andrew's home as the uns withdraw private funding for the security operation at Andrew's home as the unsealing of hundreds of pages of court documents connected to the Epstein scandals continues. Is he trying to set him up? MSN reports Scotland Yard said it will not investigate documents and suggested that they did not contain new information. The documents unsealed in two batches, Judge Preska identified numerous Epstein associates, including Andrew mentioned in proceedings of a case Gary filed against Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015. In a statement, the Met said, we are aware of the release of court documents in relation to the Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, as with any matter, should new and re relevant information be brought to our attention, we will assess it. No investigation has been launched. The group, the campaign group Republic, which reported Prince Andrew to the police on Thursday after the release of the document, said it will be, it said it was dismayed by the Met's decision. Its chief executive, Graham Smith, said it's appalling. There are clearly grounds for an investigation. Epstein was convicted. Maxwell was convicted. The evidence is that Andrew was involved. Clearly, they would investigate this if it was anybody else. In one newly unsealed witness statement, Johanna Sawyerberg claimed Andrew groped her at Epstein's house in New York in 2001 when she was age 20, with Maxwell and Jeffrey also present. In another filing, a woman named as Jane Doe, number three, who is believed to be Jeffrey, alleges she was forced to have sexual relations with the prince when she was a minor in three, sep in three separate geographical locations in London at Jessalyn Maxwell's apartment in New York on a, and on Epstein's private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands in an orgy with numerous of underage girls. Smith said this is some new detail in these documents. And there are new accusations, for example, the alleged underage orgy on Epstein Island. I believe the sexual offenses committed overseas can be prosecuted in the UK. He added, there has always been grounds for serious investigation and the police haven't done that. There, there are, <clears throat> sorry, there needs to be questions asked to why they aren't investigating given the significant significance of the accusations and the fact that Ghislaine Maxwell has already been convicted for related offenses. The Duke stepped down from public life after the fervor over his friendship with Epstein and settled the sexual assault case filed against him by Javinia Garfrey for undisclosed sum. He was cast out of work of the working monarchy and no longer uses his HRH style after Jeffrey, who was trafficked by Epstein, accusing him of sexually assaulting her when she was 17. Okay. There is a lot of dirt on these people and they are being protected. That is what's going down. All right. 
But uh, let's get into an article right here. Uh, all right, hold on one minute. Nope, won't get into that yet, but I will get into this, this sad, tragic case of what has happened to a Russian model who was uh, involved in this as well. Go, fair use. Aslana Korshinova Ben 18 is listed on a flight log to Jeffrey Epstein's infamous island via his Lolita Express. The model dubbed the Russian Rapunzel took her own life just two years later, leaping from her ninth floor Wall Street apartment in New York on June 28, 2008. Wow! Nine. Ooh! Her jump from the ninth floor. The ninth. Wow. Korshunova was flown to Epstein's little St. James Island on his infamous private Boeing 727 aircraft. Known as the Lolita Express, the plane was allegedly used to take young girls to the island alongside rich and powerful men. Flight logs showed that the young catwalk star boarded the Lolita Express on June 7, 2006 in New York. On the same flight was ringleader Epstein and his bodyguard Igor Zinoviev, a former UFC fighter. Two other women were also shown to be on board, including Epstein's longtime assistant Sarah Kellen and Stephanie Tidwell. Kellen was described as a knowing participant in the criminal conspiracy during Maxwell's 2020 to sentencing by Judge Allison Nathan. Korshinova became a top model during her teenage years and was quickly swept off her feet. With hundreds of offers for glamorous trips away and very well-paid modeling gigs, she worked for the likes of Mark Jacobs Kenzo, Paul Smith, Vera Juanina Ricci Donna Karen, and Christian Dior. As well as being on the front cover of Russian Vogue, the New York Times-style magazine. It's nuts. It is insane. And they're not gonna prosecute these creeps. Okay. Russian model who witnessed the VIPs graping kids on Epstein's Islands committed suicide. Rosola Kosonova, a Russian top who was found dead in her Manhattan apartment in 2006 visited Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island when she was just 18 and witnessed the assault of children. Newly unsealed document, court documents have revealed. Koshinova, who was a top model in the fashion industry, was flown on the billionaire's Lolita Express on June 7, 2006, two years before her mysterious suicide. And for wars.com, Epstein, who was known for sexually exploiting underage girls on his private islands, Little St. James in the U.S. Virgin Islands, was also listed on the same flight along with five other people. He was charged with multiple counts of unlawful sex with a minor just a month before the trip was for the trip and was arrested in July 2006 on a single count of soliciting prostitution. Relatively minor charge that some criticized as special treatment. Several years 
after this Russian model's de tragic death, Epstein's victim, Virginia Gurfee, received an email from her attorney asking whether she knew Kosovo, according to the New York Post. Kosovo was born in Almaty, Kazakhstan in 1992 and moved to New York City when she was 15. After being discovered by London-based modeling agency, Model One, her career included numerous high-profile modeling gigs appearing on the cover of Russian Vogue and French Italy magazines. She jumped to her death from the ninth floor apartment in June 2008, days before her 21st birthday. At the time, it was reported that her friends and family said she displayed no signs of wanting to kill herself, describing her as a cheerful girl who loved life. She probably just kept it to herself. Others said she kept her problems bottled up and felt confused about the direction of her life. She also reportedly complained about the mysterious stomach ailment and lost a significant amount of weight months before her death. Although Kosovo did not leave a suicide note, the investigator found a long message on her computer describing how she missed her home and family. She was buried in Russia with her mother saying she would, she would want her beloved Moscow to be her last resting place. Wow. That is insane, man. All right. That is insane. A lot of these young girls are traumatized for life. And these young girls that are now women, they're traumatized for life. And the fact that the people involved in these sick um, gatherings will probably never see a prison cell. That's the thing. They will never um, face justice. That's the thing. But um, let's get into this uh, article right here. All right. Talking about the ties between the intelligence Israeli intelligence and dynamic feeders between of Epstein and Maxwell. All right, let's get into that. Right here. Okay. All right. In the complex travesty of global politics, few nations have been as dynamic or strategically vital as Israel. Its place at the crossroads of geopolitics, all right, has often meant that Israel's internal plots are closely interwoven with international affairs, intelligence operations, and larger global narratives. Understanding the, the intricate connections between the Israeli leaders like Benjamin Netanyahu and Ehud Barak and such figures and figures such as Epps, Jeffrey Epstein and Gisling Maxwell requires a deep dive into the elaborate world of intelligence, power, and influence. Benjamin Netanyahu, Ehud Barak, both towering figures in Israel's political theater have carved their legacies interwoven within the nation's defense and intelligence tapestries. Netanyahu, beyond his political proneness, is intrinsically connected to Israel's defense narrative. His brother, uh, Yonatan Netanyahu, who tragically lost his life leading the audacious rescue mission during the 1976 to be raid is an emblematic figure in Israeli military lore. 
This personal history has inevitably shaped Benjamin Netanyahu's political career, philosophy, and perhaps his understanding of the nation's security imperatives. On the other hand, Yehud Barak's credentials are burnished by his direct service in the Israeli Defense Forces. Ascending through the ranks, his tenure as the former chief cemented his understanding of the intricacies of defense strategies, geopolitics, and the indispensable role of intelligence in statecraft. His leadership during various military operations offered him insights into the covert world of espionage and reconnaissance. Given their roles, both Netanyahu and Barak have the vantage points to engage with a mosaic of international personas ranging from political powerhouses to economic financiers. Within the intricate labyrinth of international finance and powerful politics, Jeffrey Epstein stood out an almost spectacle figure casting shadows far and wide. His reach wasn't confined merely to the realms of finance. It stretched across political corridors, academic halls, the hollow chambers of royalty, and even into the arts. At the heart of this network lay Epstein's capacity to facilitate interactions, making him an invaluable nexus. He could connect a political a politician seeking funds with a magnet or introduce an academic visionary to a philanthropic benefactor. As his influence grew, so did the guest list to his private island and lavish parties, which read like a veritable who's who of global influencers, including luminaries like Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew. But to dismiss these gatherings as mere social events would be naive. Amidst the glamour, there exists an underbelly of whispered deals, shared secrets, and possibly hidden surveillance. Parallel to Epstein's ignamic narrative runs the tale of Ghislaine Maxwell, his close companion and confidant. Ghislaine was not merely an appendage to Epstein. She bore a legacy, a historical intertwined with subterfuge and espionage. Her father, Robert Maxwell, with roots in Czechoslovakia, showcased an incredible journey. He emerged as a survivor, having evaded the malevolent grasp of the Nazis and later as a combatant sliding, I'm sorry, siding with British forces during World War, during the World War. As peace dawned, Maxwell didn't fade into obscurity. Instead, he scaled the escalons of power, influence becoming a media magnet. Publications like Daily Mirror not only amplified his voice, but also granted him access to the sanctum, sanctorium of power. But for those who dared to delve deeper, Robert Maxwell was more than a media mogul. Field rumors whispered in hushed tones in the darker corners of cafes and bars across Europe linked him to Mossad, the Israeli intelligence agency. These suspicions refused to die down, especially after his mysterious death aboard a yacht, Lady Gishlane, a vessel named in an almost prophetic nod to his daughter's looming presence in global espionage narratives. The murkiness surrounding Robert Maxwell's deepens when one stumbles upon the promised in-law affair, an episode that seems to rip straight out of a spy novel. It wasn't a simple tale of corporate rivalry or software theft. The undercurrents hinted at global magnitions. The, pros the promised software was a technical marvel of its time, an epitome of data, magnet, and analytics. However, what started as a software designed for legal data metaphors meta metamorphed into something far more sinister during the 1980s. With unauthorized modifications, it became a Trojan horse, a surveillance tool embedded discreetly within the systems of those who purchased it. The repercussions were staggering. Any nation that integrated the software into its architecture was unknowingly laying bare its most closely guarded secrets. The shadow of Robert Maxwell loomed large over this episode with many 
believing that the companies under his aegis played pivotal roles in this global intelligence heist. Examining Epstein and Gitchling's operations, one can't help but spot eerie parallels with Robert Maxwell's rumored undertakings. Epstein's estates from his New York mansion to his private island were rumored to be more than just lavish retreats. They must have served as modern-day intelligence gathering hubs equipped with advanced surveillance systems. As the rich and powerful revealed in Epstein's hospitality, cameras and microphones might have been recording every whispered secret, every indiscretion. This vast reservoir of information could potentially be weaponized, covering influential guests to the malleable assets in geopolitical arenas, such as such a strategy of leveraging compromising information to exert influence to or to negotiate seems to mirror the tactics often attributed to intelligence agencies and by extensions to figures like Robert Maxwell. The stories of Epstein and the Maxwells thus are not isolated sagas, but appear to be intertwined chapters in a grand narrative of global power play and espionage. Reverberations of these covert operations were felt in Israel's 2019 electoral drama. As the political pot boiled, Epstein's arrest sent shockwaves globally. Barrack associations with Epstein, whether they are in innocuous visits or deeper business engagements, were ripe for political exploitation. Netanyahu's faction was quick to leverage this, attempting to cloud Barack's image. The media's relentless spotlight on Epstein meant that any associated figure, including Barack, was under scrutiny. This undoubtedly swayed perceptions, narratives, and possibly the election's outcome, revealing how international intrigues can shape the destiny of nations. In conclusion, the web of relationships spanning from Israel leadership to economic figures like Epstein and Maxwell provides a testament to the intricate and often hidden connections in global politics. The interplay of inter intelligence, power, and personal relationships underscores the often opaque nature of international relations, reminding the observers that beneath the surface, there are always deeper currents at play. Wow. This is, uh, hey man, um, a lot of people will get mad, <laughs> uh, but hey, here's a statement that, um, I'm just gonna play because uh, it, it's basically the small hats are running things. I have to put it that way. The small hats are running things. That's what's going down. Play this video right here. Don't believe me? Let's go. Fair use. The woman responsible for recommending international financial policy is Jewish. The man responsible for administering immigration law is Jewish. The man that represents America in legal matters is Jewish. 98% of the people in power positions in America is Jewish. So then they do things like this, the Anti-BDS Act, which is a law in America that states you cannot boycott against Israel. Now, is this America or is this Israel's playground? I'm gonna read to you what Israelis think about America and Americans. You know very well, and the stupid Americans know equally well that we control their government, irrespective of who sits in the White House. You see, 
I know it and you know it that no American president can be in a position to challenge us even if we do the unthinkable. What can they do to us? We control Congress, we control the media, we control showbiz, and we control everything in America. In America, you can criticize God, but you cannot criticize Israel. And I'm going to leave it at that because it's just become apparent that uh, small hats are running things in this country. And under that Talmud, they are, uh, that's why they, they don't really care for this case because they're for what Jeffrey Epstein was doing to these underage girls. Let me know what you think in the comments. I am done for now. Anything you want to know about this channel is in the description box. Hit me up on what you think about this. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Hit the uh, bell on, this, on the right side to know when I'm putting up new content later.